The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vile Files Ask Nick Edition. I'm your host, Nick, joined by Allie and Amanda. If you haven't noticed already, we are recording this intro via Zoom in separate locations. Uh, I had to fly to New York for the Today Show. No big deal. Um, so, uh, yeah, what's what's new? I was going to ask you about the Today Show because I feel like that's more interesting than anything I have going on. <laughs> it was fun, I, you know. Uh, got to meet uh, Hoda and Jen. Always been fans of them. It's my first time on the Today Show. Also, you know, I got introduced as an author, not bachelor alum. Always, always progress. You know, making moves in that department. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was uh, got to talk about the book. Don't text your ex happy birthday, and you know, give some relationship advice on the Today Show. So it was a, uh, I don't know. I guess it's a career accomplishment. You know, anytime you get to be on one of those kind of premiere morning shows, it's it's fun. Yeah, I had a good time. So. They're always really fast too. It's like you, they're like three, you know, they're three or four minute segments. Oh, and so it's like feels crazy to fly all the way out, and it's such a big deal. But like, and sandwiched in, like trying to have the most thoughtful, succinct, and like impactful statements. It's a challenge, but I don't know. Hopefully, I did well. I think I did okay. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Sorry, my voice really broke. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, it sounded like. <laughs> I don't think okay. I was on the verge of tears. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. Are you watching yeah. the clip right I'm now? I'm just emotional thinking about you doing the Today Show. Amanda's <laughs> like, he's an author. <laughs> he's an author, my boss. <laughs> uh, I'm currently in Soho right now, and I'm right next. I'm like 0.2 miles away from this Balthazar rest- restaurant that apparently is all the rage. The scene of the crime. The scene <laughs> of the crime. James Corden being, he got, well, first he he was kicked out or banned from this place, which I, apparently is, you know, obviously some fancy to do. Scene New York scene-y place. place. I don't, I don't know. But he has since apologized and been reinstated. So congrats to James Corden for, for, I guess, fixing the problem. But I've heard he's got, you know, prickish qualities, you know, amongst Hollywood. So it wasn't like shocking uh, to hear that, but like how, I mean, like how bad do you have to be? Because like, you know, I think we all have our moments. Like I certainly like I'm I'm known for I, I have a really good disappointment scowl. Like as a parent, I think I'm I'm not gonna yell. I certainly won't spank or anything like that. I just think my disappointment look is top notch. And certainly I, I've given that look out and about, and I'll even feel bad for that sometimes because it'll sometimes it will just be like a reaction. But like how bad do you think he had to be? It's also so much worse because if it is such a fancy restaurant, why do I feel like that brings out the absolute worst people? And it's people who are like going there to be known or to be seen or to like throw their money around. Like I've never seen people like bitch out a McDonald's, but I've seen someone like turn down an entire bottle of wine and like shove a hundred dollars into like the sommelier's jacket pocket. Like 
big rest, like fancy restaurants bring out the worst people. Right. So we're already talking about a clientele that is used to getting exactly what they want when they want it in general. Exactly. And so like they're used to like pretty people with very high expectations for the dining experience. And it sounds like he was just doing a ton of yelling, which it's like, and I feel like, (laughs) yes, it's like, okay. So in the Instagram caption that, um, like the chef or like the restaurant man posted the, he detailed two separate reports and one of them, Corden claims there was a hair and was like, just very nasty and angry and argumentative and was like, get us a round of drinks this second and also take care of our drinks so far this way, right? Any nasty Yelp reviews uh, or anything like that. Like, just like very much like threatening them. Gross. Bad vibes. And then his yeah. wife, <laughs> sorry, the, just the other thing that I think is kind of funny is like the other incident occurred when his wife ordered an all yolk omelet and there was apparently a bit of egg white in it. And I was like, I didn't know people how ordered you, all yolk omelets. Like that to me feels like something that is not typically wait, on the menu. How would one be able to discern if you had any white in your all yolk omelet? Like when it it's cooked, yes? Yes. Like it, <laughs> is the color, like how? There's like a tiny bit of white and the rest is like pure yellow. <laughs> Well, it's also like, you know, I feel like when no, you but like crack they're gonna an mix egg, it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's that little booger also. You know, that little 100%. white booger on the yolk? Yeah. Like, that's yeah, always would, there. But you only notice that before you cook it. Once you cook an omelet, like, literally, the omelet is, you know, you have to scramble. Part of it being an omelet is that it's all very much mixed. So, yes. how could one be able to discern whether any, any egg white was left in the yolk? Also, I, how I just are don't you think supposed it's possible. to just so cleanly get the yolk? Like, are we using like an X-Acto knife? How am I possibly supposed to separate them completely? Yeah. I feel like my yeah. dad has this one insane recipe for the holidays where he has to like take out the little like form of the yolk. And it takes him like hours and hours. Like he's by the <laughs> sink, like very dead. Like this is a very high key And you know, ask. if they would taken too long, they probably would have complained about that. Have either of you had a, a moment with anyone in the service industry, maybe a barista or anything where you got frustrated about the situation and reacted and thought to yourself, like maybe, maybe I got a little, little frustrated or, or not. I have with like airline customer service people and with like spectrum, but when it's happened, I, I try to go, like, sometimes I've like gotten so emotional that I've either been like cry. I sometimes, I don't yell, I cry sometimes. And I try to go out of my way to be like, I know this is not your fault. I know this is company policy. I'm just like, you know, so I try to like, if I am like speaking in a way where I can tell I'm like not emotionally controlling myself, I just feel like it's really important to be like, this is not your problem. Like, this is like clearly like me and company policy, but just because you are like the frontline person tasked with telling me that does not mean it is your fault. Because it's also like, no one's going to help you if you're a dick. No, that's true. Yeah. The only time that I like raise it is like, I am a personal assistant for this 40-year-old woman in New York. And I will do calls like on behalf of her. And I don't want anyone to like question anything. So I'll just flat out like, and I know she wants things a certain way. So like, that's when I will like raise my bar of like being assertive. But in my own life, 
Like, I'm the type of person who doesn't want to cut off anyone in line, so I've accidentally, like, waited in the pickup line for 30 minutes, even though I still had to place my order because I wasn't sure which line was which. Like, I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> One time I was ordering, I was with my dad, and we were in, Cal- he was visiting from California, and it was, I guess, a fast food place, and... And like we had ordered and we were just like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then like people behind us started getting their food and like nothing makes me frustrated. And then just, I just don't like being lied to like just in general. And, and I was like, Hey, we've just been waiting for a while. And they're like, Oh, um, and they, and like, I found, like, I realized they clearly had just forgotten and they just started to be like, Oh no, it's, it's coming. Like we, you know, it's it's not done yet. And I'm like, I'm and it's one of those things where you see the kitchen. Like you see everything. And that's like they're lying to my face. And I definitely gave them some attitude to the point where I I felt a little bad. Where it was just like, yeah, they fucked up. And it was just more it was because they lied to me that really irritated me. And like I just again, I gave them that disgusted look. That was like I didn't raise my voice or anything, but I just I knew that the look I gave them, like, really really threw them off and I, I, it made me feel bad. But uh, yeah, I just don't get, if if you are that high maintenance, like, do you, I mean, do you go out just to like, I, I mean, it makes me think that like the James Corden and I guess his wife's of the world, like literally like to go out just, just so they can critique the service. It's not even, it's more about like the service than the food itself. I think it also speaks to, I think there's like a, I don't, maybe there's a name for this quality. It's not coming to my mind, but like the, the ability to regulate how much your emotions overflow and become someone else's problem. Like, I feel like that is such an essential quality, like within a partner, like within a friend, like how much can you localize and be like, yeah, I'm in a terrible mood and I'm having like a shitty fucking time, but like, I am not going to let this, like, I'm not going to use this as a reason to like, weaponize or like go off on somebody out of the blue and to me it just speaks to the fact that he is like insulated enough and protected enough and important enough that like he doesn't have to exercise that muscle that he's allowed to freak out whenever the fuck he wants and like the restaurant is like no different you know but then aren't you just worried about like cancel culture is he like to the level where he thinks like he can just get away with it because i'm like i agree you reach a certain level of notoriety where like people will give you a pass or people want to impress you or they won't say anything but also you have made a living off of people wanting to watch you and people liking you as a public figure so is that not in the back of your mind didn't he already announce, like, isn't he, like, going to be, like, he's leaving the show after next season? And I wonder if it's, mm. like, I have heard that he has, you know, Ellen, like, you know, history, you know, and that's kind of the point that Amanda made. Like, he must be like this with his staff, right? If he doesn't get exactly what he wants when he wants it, like, he must, he must do this, where his expectation is that his team like literally reads his mind. Like, like some surgeons can be like this, right? Where it's just like they have absolutely no patience for like literally anything other than like their what's going on in their brain. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Like if I even when I have hair on my food, I'm always like, hey, sorry. Like, do you mind? Like, I try not. Like, I I'm always like, do not like. Do everything that you can do to make sure they don't spit on your food. That, yeah. That's my only focus when I'm, and, and, and I'm someone who I can be a picky eater. Like I, I'm, a, I'm, I hate mayonnaise. I won't scrape it off. I find it disgusting. 
And so, like, if oftentimes I'll order something and I'll ask for no sauce or no mayonnaise, and you know, one out of ten times it comes out, and I'm always like, "Hey, I'm really sorry." You know, it's it's my fault. I'm the annoying one. I'm picky. I have a problem. This is me. Like I'm I'm throwing all of this because this is like, You're like my don't. name's Nick and I have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I'll Hi, pay Nick. more. I'll I'll pay more for you. Give me like please don't spit on my food. Yeah, um, I literally just had a flashback. I went to brunch with some friends who came in from out of town. We went on a hike and then we went to brunch and I literally ordered eggs Benedict. And the waitress put a chicken quesadilla down in front of me and I just didn't say anything and like just started tucking in because I was like, not a, not a problem in the world. <laughs> I will always say something, but I'll do it very politely. And, just, yes. and I'll, I'll be like right off the bat. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry for being annoying, but like you gave me the wrong food. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. And she came out with my eggs Benedict and I just I saw her walk out with you it. You ate I already, it? Well, yeah, because I didn't want to be a problem. See, Ali, uh, I would have I'll, said, I would like say something if somebody else is food. And like, yeah, super politely, like really like not not at all like entitled or it was like a good mean about it. If it had but, been like tofu, maybe I would have said something. But I was like, it's fine. You're like, adventurous Allie came out. You're like, all right, I guess, <laughs> you know. I wonder how many people listening uh, do do that. I bet a, I bet a, a larger number than I would have guessed. Because I, sure. I find that to be in, no judgment, but like I would never <laughs> just eat something I didn't order. And not say anything. I feel like it's a very polarizing issue because you're either like, yeah, I feel totally comfortable being like, hey, like, like, sorry to be difficult. Like, um, but I think actually this was, I ordered this, you know, it's like, I feel like there's people who are like, like I am like, there's no issue with doing that. As long as you're like polite and courteous about it, like absolutely do it. I would do it on other people's behalf. And then there's other people who are like, I would rather fucking die than you say anything to our waitress. Like, keep it shut. Yeah, there's definitely that. Well, that's that time of year uh, when you might be shipping out your latest and greatest products to your customers for the holiday season and make sure that you are prepared to give your customers the best customer service available. Make sure that they're getting their products as fast as possible and give them the insight they need and make sure you're not overpaying for shipping. I'm talking about ShipStation, people. ShipStation is an amazing app that all small businesses need to run their e-commerce businesses, if you're doing any type of shipping of your products, regardless of the size of your business, I highly recommend ShipStation. Uh, I've been using ShipStation with Natural Habits since its inception. Uh, and the best part about it is you get the same shipping rates that the Fortune 500 companies get. So it doesn't matter if you're shipping USPS, UPS, FedEx, uh, get the same shipping prices as Fortune 500 companies. Get the same insights, the metrics uh, that help you run your business successfully. Uh, over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation. The overwhelming majority of people who try ShipStation have it. Easily compare carriers, rates, and delivery times to get the most out of everything you send. Save time with consolidated order management and auto shipping updates for customers. And the thing about ShipStation, it easily integrates with most uh, commonly used platforms like Shopify. Uh, it's super easy to use. Go to ShipStation today and sign up with the promo code VIALL for a free 60-day trial. Start today and get set up before the biggest shopping season of the year. That's two free months. Visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and type in code V-I-A-L-L. Get a 60-day free trial at ShipStation.com slash V-I-A-L. That's ShipStation.com slash V-I-A-L. Thanks to ShipStation for sponsoring the show. 
Here's the thing about living proof is that I remember so specifically seeing it in my friend's mom's like bathroom as a kid, like the fancy, like the fancy moms, honestly, and always being like, okay, like that's like the fancy stuff. Like when you've made it, that's what you can use. Actually having tried it myself has only affirmed that viewpoint like it is the good good. But the thing about Living Proof is that it is like really high quality hair care products that is like specific for what your hair needs to work on. So like I have really fine hair, for example. And so I always like my big thing is like wanting it to be a little bit more like voluminous and also wanting to have a healthy scalp that's not oily. And so they have an amazing like scalp care line to take care of the moisture regulation there. And then they also have all of these fantastic products, everything from like shampoo, conditioner, treatments, leave-in style creams to help uh, my hair be like kind of like big and shiny but not frizzy and I it's the good good go to living proof I tr trust me it's the stuff I use you'll love it you'll have like this it'll look like they have these golden you know luscious curls as opposed to well what they normally look like so that's a secret sauce right there living proof and the nice thing about it is that it's this, like there's no sulfates parabens like silicones like all of those kind of like nasty things that like the brilliant skincare um and hair people influencers will tell you to avoid like living proof avoids them so it's nice because you know it's not all these insane chemicals going into your hair it's like genuinely like nourishing ingredients and it smells great it's not too strong of a perfume but it's like whenever i get out of the shower like my roommates, my boyfriend will comment because I have this like little scent to me. <laughs> Live your best hair life with Living Proof. Visit livingproof.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code V-I-A-L-L to get 10% off your first purchase. That's livingproof.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Code V-I-A-L-L for 10% off your first purchase. Livingproof.com slash V-I-A-L-L. That's code V-I-A-L-L. Allie, I want to apologize for last week when you gave your placenta analogy. Uh, I listened back to that episode, <laughs> and I, after listening to it, I was like, you know what? Actually, it makes sense. Thank I you. Think, I think when you were talking, you said placenta. I just immediately got upset. checked out. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I was like, there's just no way this could be a good analogy when she's talking about <laughs> passing your placenta. But I was like, I guess, I guess, I know, I guess what that, I guess, uh, I get what she means. So, my apologies. Excellent analogy. Thank you. And I know it's probably not perfect because again, like when you're, when it's literally giving birth, like the baby comes out and it's like such a blessing and you know, like you're so distracted by your baby. So I totally understand that like nuance to it. It was more so me trying to describe like, oh, you think that's just it. And then suddenly no, yeah, there's no, like another yeah, totally. wave. Yeah. I, I totally get it. So uh, not to it... say babies are like cursed or they're not a great blessing. Has your placenta <laughs> fully passed? Are you... <laughs> I think my placenta is fast. I unfollowed him on Instagram. I didn't want to see him taking, he was like posting stories of them on dates and stuff. And I was like, I don't need to see this. Um, I, think, so. I think blocking is also a solid option. I just unfollow. I mean, he's private. Mute. It's like, Mute. I can't. Mute. No, Mute. it just did unfollow. Okay. Okay. Because I kind of <laughs> also wanted him to see that I unfollowed. That, see, that was your toxic trait. I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. As long as you know. It's so easy know. though. I was thinking, okay, one thing I was thinking about as it relates to relationships is like the difference between feeling like a priority and an obligation. Because I think we talk a lot about like whether or not you're a priority to someone, but like when it, like kind of that point in time where you're like trying to figure out how to feel like a priority and make the other person feel like a priority in a way that's like a good compromise and how... There's this whole, I don't, have you ever like experienced that where you felt like you've kind of towed the line between being like, oh, am I like, am I an sure. obligation to you? No, no, not only that. I mean, I have, 
Like, I think even in relationships, well, we talk about feeling like a prairie all the time. And I think it's always good to check in with your partner and let them know if maybe, you know, it's like, hey, maybe you're busy. And, but lately I just haven't been feeling like a priority. Like, and maybe you feel like other things, like, like, I guess, you know, like, or I just feel useful to you. And like, well, feeling useful is nice. You want to feel like more than just like useful. You know, I think sometimes it is an active service love language person, you know, like, like you, you can run the risk of feeling just useful and not loved for it, you know? And I think, you know, it's stuff like that. So whether it's useful or, or just flat out inconvenient, because that's the thing, like, you know, like, or like a burden, like you said, like, it's just like, no, I want to, I want, I want to feel enjoyed. You know, I think that's the thing too. Like not only being a priority, but like you want to feel like you enjoy being around me, right? Like not totally. You know, like I'm not just there to hold your hold hold your back. You know, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and I think men and women, on, on for different reasons, feel often don't feel enjoyed in relationships. Yeah, I don't know. We talked a little bit uh, in the past episodes about starting various book clubs in respective cities. Uh, for people who have been enjoying and reading Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday, my vision for this is, you know, it's like part book club, part dating community for like people in like Facebook groups. You know, if you guys want to get on a Zoom, great. If you guys do Zooms uh, and you start a book club, I'll, I will join as many as I can and, and hop on and chat with you guys. But I would love to you know, create these communities within the cities like New York, Chicago, any major city, I mean, really city, any city at all for, you know, men and women to even anonymously, anonymously, if it's Facebook groups or it doesn't have to, you know, anonymously, it's like, it doesn't have to, I don't know. I don't know how you guys want to do it. Like, I really want the audience, the people listening to take this initiative and just like communicate with us and we'll promote them for you. And like, so, you know, we'll let you know if, if there's various groups. So if you want to, if you're in any of these cities and you think it'd be fun to, to manage these, again, the idea is like, you know, with all the stuff and don't text your ex happy birthday or that we talk about on the show about like setting boundaries and communicating expectations and enforcing boundaries, as we always say, easy in theory, hard in practice. And I think it would be great to have like a community to, hype each other up who are going on a first or second date or encourage people to uh, maybe try a second or third date or if they're concerned about red flags or they're having a hard time enforcing or setting a boundary. I think it'd be great to have communities in these respective cities. And I think it's good to be within your city just because I think every city is different in terms of places to go and like first date ideas or just like the kind of the climate of the dating scene. Uh, in, in your respective cities. So that's kind of my dream. And if you guys want to spearhead that, you being the audience, like let us know. Allie, do you have any other information that yeah, you want to so share? We've had a few listeners reach out to manage different groups. So I've kind of gotten them started in terms of creating their Facebook groups. Currently, we have groups being set up in LA, Phoenix, and Seattle. So like Nick said, if you're in Chicago, New York, oh, we also... Just had someone reach out from Des Moines, so we're going to start that. But really, no matter where you are, if you want to kind of be the manager of your group, I'll send you kind of all of the instructions, what to label your Facebook group. I'll send you a little graphic for it. And then once we kind of get those all established, we can then encourage listeners to join those groups. Like Nick said, we're going to ask each of you to do probably at least like one Zoom call so you can meet each other live. And then Nick will be a part of that Zoom um, but yeah, people seem excited. It seems like a really fun way to 
get to know people in their city. I know uh, someone reached out and said, you know, I'm also part of a singles group in my city. And I think this could be a good like crossing path for both. So singles, people who listen to the show, people who have read the book. I just think it'll be cool to see the little satellites pop up in different cities. So just send me an email at um, D-T-Y-E-H-B? H-B book club at gmail.com. Um, just let me know what city you're in, if you want to be a manager, uh, and then we can just correspond from there. And we'll post the links to the respective Facebook groups on the Vile Files Instagram. Yep. Uh, in our stories, and we'll even post, yeah, in, in, the, in the stories. And we'll, we'll post it multiple times. So just keep looking at our uh, Vile Files IG stories for information on these respective uh, book clubs slash singles mixers, support groups for dating. Um, and if you haven't read or purchased Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday, I think you should. USA Today bestseller, number one dating book on Amazon right now. Uh, I really appreciate all the reviews. The, the audio book is out there if you're not a reader. It's an amazing gift. I truly think for you know any friend who's struggling in a breakup or or dating, or or in a relationship and they're just confused whether they should stay or go, or and they have all these you know normal stresses that come with it. I really think you should try the book. I really believe in it. I, I've, I've allowed myself to let me feel like it's it's the thing I'm most proud of in my life in terms of like a personal accomplishment. Not that I'm not proud of the show or other achievements I've made, but like this is something. I, I truly never thought I would do. And it like turned into something that I, I am proud of. Um, so, which is hard for me to say, because I, once I, once I started feeling that I was, I started feeling really insecure. Like I was, it was like last time I was in New York and I was just, I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And, and I, and I like had this anxiety and, uh, and I finally realized I was like, I think I realized that I'm, I'm starting to allow myself to like believe in this you know, and think it's decent. And then I really allowed myself to care, uh, which is a very vulnerable thing. Up until that point, I was like, ah, who gives a shit? Who knows how well it's going to do? It'll come and go. At least I did it. Blah, 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 blah. So I don't know. That's just me telling a story, whatever. So this is all to say, go to vilefiles.com, get the book. I appreciate it. Um, if you haven't listened to our update show, we dropped the second one last week. Uh, well, it's there. It's a few episodes ago. I don't know. It was not last week, but the week before episode Friday. Episode 488, for those of you who want 488. The Tino episode is live. If you haven't listened to that yet, make sure to check that out. Ooh, it's a real, real juicy one. Uh, we have a big week lined up, as always. Uh, we'll be back in studio uh, together. The team will be with each other. It'll be exciting. It'll be fun. Uh, some great calls lined up. Let's go. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? I didn't think so. Well, at Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. Listen, your credit is important, people, and it's one of those things where... Uh, you know, buying a car or a someday buying a house, like, you know, the, a handful of points could save you literally thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest rates. So make sure you're taking care of your credit. 
And Chime is helping people do just that. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up just takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash V-I-A-L. That is Chime.com slash V-I-A-L-L. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank N.A. Pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Chime checking account, and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary, and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Question time with Nick. Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Good, thanks. Hi. What's your I'm name? Jessica. Jessica, I'm 45. All right. Um, I'm calling. Um, I'm divorced with children. I've been divorced about nine years. And um, the only significant relationship I've had um, ended recently. Um, I was dating this guy for about three and a half years. Um, and in a lot of ways, it was a very good relationship. Um, our kids got along. We like each other's families. We live about a mile away from each other. So we were able to spend a lot of quality time together. But there were some trust issues that, you know, I just could not overcome. And, you know, we just had a lot of like other differences. We're politically very different, that sort of thing. Um, we parent differently. So I broke up with him about two and a half months ago. Um, but we've stayed friends. We see each other. We've given each other kids, the kids rides home, things like that. He, uh, we work in the same industry. He's, you know, um, acted as kind of a mentor to me. So I've asked him, you know, I've reached out to him for work help, things like that. So we're still friendly. And um, also we kind of have the same friend group. Uh, we haven't always, but over, you know, the last couple of years, especially through COVID, our friends have gotten really close. We all kind of hang out and we've all continued to hang out with each other. He has one friend that I have always really liked. Um, he's also divorced. He also lives in our area and um, he's just a really nice guy. We actually have a lot more in common than I ever had with my boyfriend. Nothing. We never said anything to each other. We never, you know, um, talked about it. Um, we just really like, you know, each other's company. We'd in a group setting, we'd always kind of end up um, chatting and talking to each other. And in my head, I kind of always thought, you know, if I were not with my boyfriend, I would have liked to date this guy. So when we broke up, I thought to myself, there was this, you know, idea I had that if we stayed in touch um, and if some time passed and everyone had moved on, maybe in six months, maybe a year even, I might, you know, reach out to him and say, you know, maybe we should go out. Um, it's my ex-boyfriend's closest friend, like his best friend, I guess. Um, so recently, about two and a half weeks, about two weeks ago, I was out with a bunch of friends. A friend was there. And, um, something happened in the night, like a woman approached me and showed me some messages that my boyfriend had sent her, um, you know, while we were together, not, not anything shocking, you know, I kind of, it's kind of why we broke up, but it wasn't fun to like, you know, I'm, I was out trying to have a good time and this woman approached me and it just kind of made me mad. And so, you know, I went over to the friend and I sat down next to him at the bar and I said, listen, 
I like you. I've always really liked you. I really think that we should go out. And I always thought that he would kind of respond by saying like, you know, I, you know, I like you too, but listen, I'm flattered, but it's never going to happen. Like you can't, it's not a doable thing. Right. So instead he said, I really like you too. And I think you're great. I've always thought you were great. I've always thought that this guy was so lucky to have you and I would love to go out with you. Um, and we were both kind of looking at each other, like, are we really having this conversation? So the night went on, we stayed out. We were, you know, everyone's drinking a little too much. Um, we Ubered home. He, we dropped him off first. He asked me to spend the night at his house. And I did, I did, we didn't sleep. We didn't have sex. We slept in the same bed. I kept all my clothes on. Um, but, um, he's like, I really, I want to talk about this. I want to you know, discuss this. We have so much to talk about. And I was like, okay, but we kind of like, just kind of fell asleep. Um, so I woke up like really early in the morning and I just got up and went home because I was like, this is awkward and weird. And I, you know, couldn't handle it. So I went home. He's texting me the next day about how much he likes me, how much he enjoys spending time with me. We need to talk about this again. So he said, we met that night, the next night, for a drink. And he said, you know, I'm going away. I have to go out of town in a couple of weeks and you should come with me and we can get away. We can spend some time together. We can see if we like each other romantically before we decide to like do this very disruptive thing to, every, you know, everyone. I was like, that is a great idea. That is the perfect plan. I like that a lot. Um, okay. So I talked to him again the next day. I didn't really hear from him. And I thought that was fine. Cause I was like, it's a lot to process. And I was processing it and I assumed that he was processing it. So I let it go. And then he called me, like sent me a text saying that the boy, his friend, my ex-boyfriend had sent him a text saying, listen, I really need to talk to you. And he's like, I'm assuming this is about the situation between us. And I'm like, I called him back to say, it's not about the situation between us because there's no way that it could be. I haven't told anyone um, you know, is just, we're just being paranoid. Um, but during that phone conversation, he didn't say anything about the way, the things that we had talked about before. He didn't say anything about going away together. He didn't say anything about, um, liking me, you know, it was just like, kind of like talking to, to a different person. Um, so that's when I sent you that email saying like, what should I do? Because typically if someone like a man doesn't respond to my, like if I sense that a man doesn't like me the way that I like him, it does not increase my desire to talk to him. It kind of like decreases my attraction. Um, but in this situation, I can't tell if I, if we should just drop it or if I should, you know, give him more grace because he might be processing. I mean, I think either is a potential option. So you don't know what, what your ex wanted to talk about? No, since then I do know. And it, what he wanted to, he heard that I was out and he was trying to, you know, trying to kind of find out from his friends, like what I was doing that night. Okay. But it, he has, he does not suspect this friend. Well, so, if that, okay. So there you go. But like, so your this new guy got a call from his best friend about you. You guys were having this kind of, these secret conversations about like, yes. well, I like each other. I want to go away on a trip. And then he got this kind of cryptic call from his best buddy being like, call me now. Immediately he got paranoid and felt guilty. It's like, oh, fuck, he knows. I'm going to have to have this conversation. Now that didn't happen, but it was about you. 
And your ex, basically, essentially what I'm hearing is described to your friend that he very much cares about what you're doing and who yes. you're doing it with. Now, imagine hearing that. He must have felt real guilty. And he must have felt like real, like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, because I'm sure you guys, you know, it sounds like you guys didn't prioritize you're like, listen, he's your ex. So like, whatever. I mean, you guys stayed friends. I don't know. He's your ex. So like, I don't know if you have to give him that much consideration, but he's his friend. Right. And so he decided along with you to just prioritize your guys' needs about each other. And well, that's a choice, whatever, you know, like uh, he wasn't being the best friend, but hey, whatever. Love's love, you know, but either way, he did prioritize his own needs over his friends. Right. Yes. And that was easier to do when he was probably, he was probably thinking, I don't know, maybe he won't be mad or maybe he'll get over it. I don't know what he was thinking about his friend. Okay. But since then it's happened. So I sent that email, but then since then it's happened a couple more times. What's happened? So he'll say to me, so we will meet and talk and, um, you know, reiterate like, and he's actually kind of more of the aggressor. So he'll say to me, I really want to talk about this. And I'll say, listen, I said a couple of times, like, I'm not going to hold you to anything you said to me when we were drinking. And I understand that, like, like, and, you know, when you have a moment to think about this situation, it's a lot more intense than, you know, than, you you know, maybe your initial reaction. But he keeps coming, like, he goes like two days where he won't call me or text me. Um, or be a little standoffish. And then he'll say, I need, like, let's meet, let's talk. And then he's like, all in again. Like, I really like you. I don't care. You know, he's kind of like waffling. And in in a normal circumstances, I would not accept that from a man. He's 50. Um, in, in normal circumstances, I would not accept that from a man. But I'm trying to, like, weigh my balance out what I'm willing to accept from a man. And also, like, give him the space and the grace that he needs to like handle a very difficult situation. So like in a normal situation, this would be very clear cut. He's not consistent. I don't want to talk to him anymore, but I keep thinking, well, maybe he's not consistent because it's a crappy situation. Yeah. I think it's okay for you to give him a little less grace than you're giving him. And I think it's okay for you to just say, Hey, listen, I don't want to ruin a friendship. But like what I need in my life is someone who's at this point in my life is I just want someone who's consistent and someone who can make tough choices. And I don't want to put you in a tough position, but like it's a little back and forth here. And maybe you're just not ready to do this or, or maybe he just needs to have an honest conversation with this f- friend. Well, that's the problem. We don't want like and I understand that perspective of his that like he's not. Being- I told him I told him the risk is not on my end. If this ex-boyfriend says like I never want to speak you. I, I think you're a terrible person. I never want to speak to you again. I, so what, right? We're not, you're my ex-boyfriend. We don't have to ever talk again anyway, but for him, he's losing a friend and it's a different kind of betrayal. I kind of feel like he has, like, I feel like my position is so much easier than his. Sure. I feel sympathy for him. Okay. That's, that's fine. But you, you still be a little bit more realistic than you're being. And it'll be a little more honest with yourself than you're being because well, like, which one is it? You need to take a, a trip to figure out whether you're compatible or you already know. 
Because it can't be both. Well, we don't know if we're compatible. Exactly. But the, the <laughs> idea of the trip is that we get to go away. We're not in our town where people could see it. We don't have to worry about people seeing us out. We can spend time together, yeah. you know, have like an interrupted time together and and see and we both said like maybe we would do this and we would be like you kind of suck right like this doesn't work or something won't work about it and then we don't tell anybody we just go on with our lives and pretend it never happened but you guys are middle-aged and despite the awkwardness and the challenges you should be more capable of being communicative because you have less time to waste like you know what i'm saying the argument you're using towards me i can just spin around and, and say, like, you guys should be holding each other to a higher standard. And if it is rare and hard to find, you should be, like, be willing to have these tough conversations that you're going to have to have to make a relationship work. But you're avoiding the tough conversations and you're making excuses for him and you're just putting yourself on hold and you're still confused, you know, and that matters. His inability to, like, stop you from being confused matters because, like, that's how he will be in a relationship with you. Okay, so, yeah. All right. I guess I'm just saying, I, I, I encourage you to give him a little less grace. Well, what does that mean? What, is it, what does that look like, giving him less grace? Saying what to him? Getting answers that you have. Because I, I don't have the answers for you. He does. I'm not even sure what the question is. What do you want? Are we going to do this? Like, are you willing to go for it? I write. I don't have a risk. But like you do. And but like, Let's do this. Or you saying right now, it seems like you're not ready to like make this decision. So I think we should pause. I'm going to decide for myself. I'm not going to wait around for you to make a choice. I'm going to just take a pause from this. I'm not saying it's over. I'm going to take a pause and take a step back. And then that way you can like, we're not ready for a trip right now. You decide. You take the power back by deciding for the both of you that right now it's too early to take a trip and have this like romantic honeymoon that quite honestly isn't going to give you an accurate representation of what this relationship is going to be like. You're going to play house for a week, you know? So you decide, slow it down. I want you to think about what you really want. Think about this friendship. Take some time. I'm really not going anywhere. Like you said, like it's hard to find. And if, and if, and if you end up finding some other guy that you connect with, problem solved. Okay. Right. Take charge and, and just either ask the questions of the answers you want to get or decide for the both of you that it's too soon to pursue this. Take a step back. Let him really think about what he wants to prioritize. Okay. And in the meantime, you're still a free agent. And if you're still available for when he's ready to, like, make a tough decision, then he can pursue you. OK, that's the answer I want. OK. That's what I like. All right. Go forth. And let us know how it works. All right. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you for calling. This is fun. Thank you. All right. You. Take Bye -bye. care. Bye-bye. How's it going? Hey. Hey. I'm Elena. I'm 26. How can I help Elena? Uh, so I am on the verge of entering into a long-term or a long-distance relationship. Okay. Um, I've never been in one before, and it's kind of just appeared out of nowhere and it's been very crazy and fast paced. And I guess I'm just like internally freaking out a little bit and could love, <laughs> would love your help. What do you mean you're about to enter into it? Like bring us up to speed of, yeah. of this situation. Yeah. So I'll give you the whole background. We met like two weeks ago. Um, he lives on the West Coast. I live in the Midwest. Okay. Uh, he was in town for a gig that an organization I'm a part of was hosting. 
Um, and I was one of the like the hosts for the gig. So I was taking care of the musicians. He's a musician. Um, and so after the gig, took him out to dinner and drinks, which I normally do with, you know, whenever we're hosting people. But we really hit it off. And then I took him to the airport, kind of figured, all right, I'll never see him again. Then he texts me and I think, okay, well, this is cute. He's just kind of like reaching out saying thank you. But then we just kept talking for days and days and days. And it turned into FaceTiming for hours on end. We literally FaceTimed for like seven hours this past Saturday. And it's just become very intense and exciting. And I've never kind of felt this before. Okay. Um, and I, I think it's really scary because long distance is not something I'm accustomed to. But for some reason with this guy, it feels worth it. We are planning to see each other in a couple of weeks. Great. So, so when you say you're considering entering in a long distance relationship, like what do you mean by relationship? We've kind of like talked around it. I think we both have an idea that we want this to go further and, you know, be exclusive with each other. He was very clear when we were talking like, hey, I'm interested in you and only you, which you don't hear that a lot. Um, (laughs) And I feel the same way. And I think it's like when we meet up and see each other again in a few weeks, we're probably going to have to have that talk of like, what are we doing? Is it worth the investment? I mean, it seems like you have a level-headed approach. It's fun to feel excited and be excited about someone. I think we have in those moments, we have to consciously remind ourselves to like, slow it down. That's the hardest part, I think, about dating. We've talked a lot about this recently. Excitement gets you expectations, and then expectations can lead to disappointment, right? And so you've met this guy a couple weeks ago. I don't care how many conversations you had between now and then. There's still a lot you have to learn. You know, with it being long distance, like keep doing the FaceTimes and in communicating. But it just, I think it's cool that you're open to exploring this relationship. I think it's totally great that you are open to it, even though he lives long distance. Because like right now, like it's not like he's not asking you to marry him or things like that. Like you're willing to make sacrifices for him, right? That's it, right? And, and vice versa. He's saying, I only want to date you. He's He sounds like he's communicated that he's willing to make sacrifices to get to know you. And that's correct. That's great. It's still early. And I think we just have to try to, you know, without like there's that balance between being excited and and, you know, a little kind of just open to whatever and maybe throwing a little naivete in there with being a little bit more pragmatic and realistic without becoming cynical. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a really tough balance. So I think for you, it's like, Enjoy this excitement and, you know, the, this nervousness that you're feeling is probably, you know, your internal dialogue that's saying exactly what I'm saying, which is, hey, Elena, we, a lot of good stuff here, but we just don't know. We, you know, like he's a, he's a musician. And so like, what does that mean? (laughs) Is he traveling? Is he like, he's, you know, is is he a sweet talker? Is he just really excited about me? You know, like people who get excited tend to some people who get excited who are really good at being in the moment and the moment can last more than just like that one moment it could be like the moment like a a month of like really you know talking to someone getting excited and then you know all of a sudden that wears down and and they get become a little less excited and a little bit more comfortable with you and all of a sudden their comfort makes them reevaluate some of the things they said when they were excited when we're excited i think we have to be a little hesitant about the things that we even say yeah no i agree and i think part of it 
the reason I'm so excited is because like I haven't felt this way in such a long time. And I normally am that yeah. cynic that you've mentioned. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it's just really hard to find that balance because I take it always is. such a, like a logical, rational approach. And this is the f- so far from that. And I'm not used to it at all. Yeah. I think just, we just need to be careful though, because that, that saying of, I haven't felt like this way in a long time, honestly, doesn't mean anything about him and his compatibility towards you and the relationship you're considering. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we often will take that feeling of not connecting with someone in a while and then attributed that to how special they could be. And realistically, I don't, I think we overvalue that. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and he might end up being the one, you know, he might be really special. But like you, this, your this excitement you have about not being excited in a while just maybe means, again, like if you have high standards, which I think we all should have, you know, if, if you are comfortable with being single to the point where like, you know, like you're okay with saying, I don't know, nice, I like it, cute, but like not my person. I don't care how confident and secure you are with yourself. Over time, if you've been single for a while, you just, sometimes you can feel a little lonely at times and you can be like, it'd just be nice to fucking have someone, fuck, you know? And then, and then someone pops in, we get excited and we can get a little caught up in it. I I think it sounds like you're doing everything fine, right? It's just that finding that balance between trying to enjoy what you have with this person and and still be willing to tell yourself, I have a lot to learn. I have questions I want to ask. I mean, listen, I'm not here to say like after two weeks, if it's nuts for two people who don't know much about each other to say, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, I'm a big believer in you can always break up. All of a sudden, boyfriend and girlfriends these days, it's like the new engagement. It's just like we can have a situation ship. We can fuck around. We can even say, like, I only want to sleep with you right now and you me. But like boyfriend and girlfriend, I don't know. A label, that's a little much. I, I think people get a little carried away with, you know, what a label means. But I think it's just... The, and I also think the more in control you are, it will give you more power and it will keep him on edge. And, and I guess yeah. in a good way. Just to, I like you, but... You know, we're still feeling it out. You know, when you have this like conversation with him the next time, and I'm sure you've heard me say this, but like, be sure you're telling him how you feel Mm -hmm. and what you want and don't ask him questions. He'll tell you what he wants if he has something to say. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, he has very clearly communicated what he wants and like we are on very much the same page. But I think part of it is I I almost have too much control sometimes. And that's like been a problem for me historically. What do you mean? mean? Like, I'm just a very, I don't want to label myself as controlling, but I like to be the one who's making decisions, calling the shots, whatever. Uh, And with him, I don't want to give him my power, but it's kind of keeping me on edge a little bit that he's a bit more spontaneous. He's more like ready to jump into this head first. And I'm usually the one who's very reserved, like you said, having the power, having the control. And it kind of just feels nice to relinquish it a little bit. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you can give up, I guess, some of your power when you trust someone, Mm -hmm. you know, to give it to. And that might lead to some disappointment in the future. And the important thing is if you end up being disappointed, not to like, you know, regret being a little vulnerable. And that's what vulnerability is, is like giving up some of that power of someone you trust, who doesn't abuse that power, doesn't take it for granted, who doesn't try to use it against you. Uh, who doesn't try to control you now that you've given that up, you know, they just see it as you wanting to connect and get closer with them. And and they give you just as much 
as you're giving them, you know, that, and that's really hard to find, you know, and it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a balance. So I think it's great that you recognize that you are like that and, and it's okay to like become a little vulnerable and get, you know, and see where this goes. Yeah. You know, it's still early. It's just to see where it goes. I know. I know it's so early. And like, that's the thing is, I just, I feel like when we see each other in two weeks, though, we might not see each other again for another month or two or whatever. So that's why it feels very fast paced. Yeah, sure. it's early, but. How often are you guys like FaceTiming and shit? Um, Probably like every other day. Okay. And then like a why ton on the weekend. Day? Why not every day? Well, we have a three hour time difference. Okay. Yeah. So it's gotten a little hard. Sometimes it's just hard with our schedules. Like I'm an attorney. So sometimes I'm in meetings, okay. you know, super, super early. And then sometimes he works until super late. By then it's like 1 or 2 a.m. for me. So that's like the only reason. If we could talk every day, we would. Okay. That's what, I'm just fine. Like, it's fine that you're yeah. not. I'm just curious because you're, you you started by saying, I'm considering getting into this relationship. And yeah, if you are considering getting into like a committed relationship, I'm just curious as, you know. But my point is, is like sometimes when you're limited to only like talking via phone, text, or FaceTime, it gives you an opportunity to really connect with someone on an emotional level, right? And I think sometimes mm-hmm. that can make you feel like you know them more than you actually do. Because mm. uh, even though you're talking about a lot of things and you are getting to know them, like getting to know someone just takes time. There, there's a certain level of getting to know someone that you can't cheat through hours of conversation about things that you want to talk about. Sometimes you have to just see people in life and see how they relate to other people, how they connect with other people, how they interact with servers and their family and friends and vice versa, like how they react to being disappointed and not getting their way. How do they react in a moment of insecurity or panic? Do they come to you for help? Do they, are they good at like being vulnerable and leaning on their partners when they, they need someone or do they push them away and get a little closed off and and make you feel isolated? These are all Mm -hmm. like just things that happen in relationships that you just have to like witness and experience and it's going to take time that's the downside of a long distance relationship is like those things that require just being in the same company of one another are going to happen few and far between but like at the same time you know you can cheat a little bit like he might have a bad day you know and you can be in a different part of the country and he can still call you up and be the person who says hey like i had a bad day can i talk to you about it i'm really frustrated he can get still get mad at you right like being in a long yeah. distance relationship is going to create some potential like insecurities you know you could be out and busy and preoccupied he might take that as like maybe you're just not vibing with anymore him anymore he gets a little insecurity insecure he asks you a question you give an answer and you see how he responds. Does he get mad? Does he get accusatory? Does he start blaming you and doing things? Or or do you guys work through something? Like you can you can also do that as well. But the, the point of all this is like it's gonna take time. And early on, I think the 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 trick is is to try to enjoy being excited while not getting ahead of yourself because this could end in two weeks. It could end in three weeks. Right. It could, you know, and you don't really know. And I don't want that to like discourage you from opening up to someone that you really got excited about or being vulnerable with them, especially as someone who can personally identify who's like, is a little un like is not as easily giving of the power they have or control of a situation. And that's a good thing, but we, we have to be vulnerable to connect with people. Yeah. And it's, it's a good exercise. I mean, what, regardless of whether or not this works out, I think, you know, I'll learn a lot regardless. I mean, been in therapy forever working on this very issue, being more vulnerable. So this is a nice like 
test of that. Yeah. I mean, whether or not it works out, I think I am learning a lot here that I just kind of had an experience before about just relinquishing that a little bit. Absolutely. And I think talking to you, the biggest thing is whatever you decide to do with this person and however it goes, it won't be, it won't have been a waste of your time or a bad thing or anything you should regret by giving this a shot, by trying yeah. it out, by going for it, by, by becoming a little bit more vulnerable and a little risky, you know, and, yeah. and seeing where it goes like that, that we have to do those things. Like, you know, when I first started dating Natalie, I had a lot of like insecurities and fears about like things that like could cause a problem in our relationship and things that made me drag my feet. And when we, when I, when we finally decided to like be in a committed relationship, there was this, I didn't have all the answers. It was just more like it's to me, it's worth giving it a shot. Like, I don't know how it's going to work. There are some risk in this and I just have, I'm going to do it and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Like I was yeah. fully prepared for it not to work out, but like, you just have to try at some point. And, yeah. and in the past I, you know, through failed relationships and things you know, I had to overcome, I became more, you know, I guess guarded and I had, you know, and I was more comfortable with being single. So like I had more kind of things in my a, ch a larger checklist of like before I feel safe and comfortable and vulnerable enough to want to get in this relationship I'm going to need x y and z but event either way you're never going to get all the answers to guarantee you something's going to work out so you just have to try it yeah yeah no that's my exact experience too been through all those failed relationships you know build up the walls but here we are I yeah. don't know so it sounds like you're in a good place I you know, we'll see how it goes and just be open-minded. And the big thing is, you know, try to be vulnerable without losing your power, you know, which, yeah. and it sounds like you're, you're doing that. Yeah, I, I'm trying, but no, this really helped me. I'm like going to try and work on just being overly excited and jumping to it and keep the balance. And yeah, I think yeah. we're in a good place. It's, it's always okay to just check it and say, still, still yeah. some stuff to learn and we'll see how it goes. And, and the longer you can do that, the more he will be curious about you because I, I think it's, it's a really hard balance to, to have. And the people who have mm -hmm. it, I think are intoxicating to everyone. I'll keep it up then. All right. <laughs> cool. Thank, All right, thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. How's it going? Hi, my name is Kay. I'm 25 years old. How can we help, Kay? I'm just looking to get some help on refreshing my dating apps. Okie dokie. What, uh, I love this. We haven't, uh, we haven't done something like this, this yet. What, why do you feel like you need a refresh? Uh, they're just kind of stale and I just feel like they're not like attractive enough to get a good conversation flowing or really, you know, the two seconds you get for someone to know something about you. Um, sure. I feel like it doesn't really display that well enough. How long have you been on the apps? Off and on for maybe the past like five years okay. or so. Uh, you sent in your, your photos. I think uh, overall, I thought your photos were pretty good. They're pretty solid. They look, you look nice. You clearly can tell who you are. You're smiling. And I think all of them, there's this one, the one where you're standing up against like a plain wall, like in your hands cut off and you're, like yeah. not really sure what you're doing there, so we can maybe lose that one. But okay. Um. Although I I think your photos are 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 solid. The one thing I would say for the photos is I agree with Nick. I think they're all beautiful photos. I like that you're smiling. I like that you have solo shots because yeah, we don't want to play like a Where's Waldo of which one you are and all that good stuff. I would mm -hmm. say sometimes, as stupid as it sounds, like sometimes sprinkling in even like 
one or two friend shots or group shots subconsciously, I think, comes across as like you're social, you have a friend group, like you enjoy okay. getting to know people, yeah, you're very approachable. One friend shot, but that's yeah. like the it's buried. It's like it's after like two or three clearly totally. this is who but I just am. So they're not all singles. Alternatively, if you have a photo of you that like makes you and your friends laugh every time you see it, like you know how you have those photos, you're like, this is so like this is like whether it's you like holding like my friend has one where it's like her holding like this huge bottle of wine, like dead in the eyes. Like if you have anything that like just like makes you and your friends laugh and smile, but we are all like, oh, but I also think my skin looks amazing in this. I feel like that's also another option for ways to like well, yeah, I mean, spice it up because then it gives people like an easy like, oh, okay, I can see myself like clowning around with this person. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The easier you make it for other people to ask you questions I think is always beneficial that doesn't mean they always are going to ask questions but at least mm -hmm. for the ones who want to ask questions you'll make it easy so yeah I mean what was it uh, well Connor who used to work for Bumble mm -hmm. like I guess always lead with a close up picture of your face with you smiling and that like that's like makes like a 60% difference or something like that in terms of whether you people swipe left or right. So totally. make sure people clearly see your wonderful face with a smile, I guess. And you, I mean, but yours are pretty good. I would also, I don't know, this is me being super, super picky. So feel free to ignore. But I love the one of you and your dog. And you also have a photo of you just smiling. And it, from my perspective, I could be wrong. You're in the same outfit in both of them. So they feel very similar to me. Mm. I would mm -hmm. keep the one with you and your dog because I think it's cute, but then maybe swap out that solo one for either a different outfit or maybe that's where a friend photo gets swapped in and then you can obviously rearrange the order. But, I mean, you only have a few up there anyways. Try maybe not to have the same night or the same outfit repeated. Also, yeah, I mean, with dating apps, I, I, do, I do think it's worth the investment to like, if nothing else, you know, find the friend who's like pretty good at taking pictures, who cares, you know, and just go out and do some, just take a couple of shots, you know, update, update it, you know, of other, okay. you know, pick out your couple favorite cute mm -hmm. outfits and like take pictures specifically for, for the dating app, you know, and, and look your best self. And, and bonus, you can then put them on your Instagram too. Yeah. Double whammy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. But I think definitely finding the friend who will help you, like who's, who Get takes the time, who likes, yeah. who likes taking pictures, have some fun with it, use your iPhone or whatever smartphone you have. Totally fine. If you have a friend that does professional photos, actually, I even think the iPhone stuff is you want it to seem casual, mm -hmm. but just, yeah. you know, take the time to get your best possible photo. Right. I mean, why not? Also, I see for a prompt you were talking about um, one of your prompts is let's debate this topic. You said Tobey Maguire being the best Spider-Man. Is there anything and I think that's a good conversation starter, but there, is there anything specific about you or something that you are like? deeply passionate about that would like really launch you into a conversation as opposed to someone being like I like Tom Holland okay yeah probably sports I mean it's it's as far as something that a guy could have mm -hmm. a conversation with as well uh probably mostly sports are you, but something I mean, but inflammatory are you, are you really passionate about sports yes okay college football especially great yeah I because I think it's more important that you put things that you're passionate about rather than worrying about what a guy might be interested in. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Uh, but so, yeah, so yeah. you're passionate about. Great. I think also, I think something that people do on dating apps is like, they'll, it will be like something I'm interested in, college sports, as opposed to like, my hot take and then doing a specific one. Like, I think, mm -hmm. think about one of, like, think about something you would say to a guy at a bar that's kind of inflammatory or that kind of, like, a little bit playful, like, kind of a bold claim that would, like, start a 
good line of discussion. Like literally be <laughs> like, I don't think UCLA and USC should be joining the Big Ten because then we're just going to have to get some more West Coast teams so they don't waste half their week traveling to the Midwest. Or, who, or who's <laughs> the new USC coach? That's good. You know, something like that. Why so, do you think Brian Kelly jumped shit but Tommy Reese stayed? <laughs> Look at you. Dropping knowledge, <laughs> Allie. Brian, Brian Kelly's a fraud or something. <laughs> What's with Brian Kelly's fake ad? Accurate. Oh, Okay, then totally like do something like that, like something that you would want to like have a a long chat about that would like genuinely feel enjoyable, like a place to showcase. Definitely a hot take. You want to put out your 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 college football hot take, whatever it is. I'm sure you have plenty of them, and and feel free to mix it up. You can literally update it every week. And in fact. You should update. So that's not a bad thing to do. uh, Is constantly no. Who's gonna know? know? Okay. Uh, I think it's good to refresh. Yeah, I would be, I would be, I would update your hot takes in that category more often your, than your photos. Yeah. I don't think you need to update your mm-hmm. photos. I think it's fine to update your photos. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the one of the biggest fears on dating apps is the fear of like how old is this picture. Mm. So imagine you're, you know, people. I feel like you, we all, you see a lot of the same people sometimes now on dating apps. Like, oh, there's that yeah. person again, right? Well, that, people are going to say the same thing about you. So now you get a new photo that might 100% make one person in the past who like didn't swipe right, swipe right this time. And again, it's not because of you. Mm-hmm. People are just like, you know, people are on dating apps just to pass the time half the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just literally sitting in the car, you know, whatever. They're not paying attention. So everything is about this, like grabbing someone's attention. It's just, just kind of you know, it's like any like social media. You're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. What what's going to make someone stop? So I think updating things. I mean, don't put so much effort into it that you're investing all this time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you have a if a couple like you go out with a friend, they take some photos. You like you, know, you have a good day. You're liking ten of them, but you only put up four or five. You know, update one or two the next week because you never know when someone might you know something about that one picture that they notice that makes them swipe right. Also, something that I didn't think through as like a strategy, but was actually really helpful is I had a friend of mine, she met her husband on Coffee Meets Bagel, and I had never made a profile on it. She's like, well, I'll just do it for you. And so I like went and took a shower and came back and she like built me a whole profile. And she just went through my camera roll. But she was pulling photos that I would have never even thought to put on my profile. So maybe if you do have a friend you trust, like hand over your camera roll and say, you know, are there any you think I'm missing or any shots that I've kind of just been glancing over that you really think are like Yeah, like get a second opinion. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's great advice because... You know, you like photos that you like of yourself, and obviously that's important. You want to feel good. But yeah, I think you want to get a friend's perspective because sometimes there's a lot of photos that I've had a girlfriend or a friend be like, you look great here. I'm like, really? I don't mm-hmm. know. And then other people have been like, yeah, it's a really good photo of you. I'm like, okay, great. I'll uh, I'll throw it up. And then trust your friends with that, you know? But I, th- I definitely think refreshing the page from time to time has very little disadvantages. And if, if nothing else, it'll let people who recognize you be like, well, at least... At least I know this is what they look like, you know, because there's always that fear of like how how current and how up to date is this person's and profile. And it also might intrigue people because even if you're talking to someone and then like, let's say like you end up going on a date or two, but it's still very casual. Like if they see like a little refresh from time to time, like might keep them on their toes a little bit. Like you're still out there. You're still meeting new people. So what's the app that you have to start the ones? Bumble. 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 What are your openers? So that's what I wanted help with as well. Like a good opener. 
Um, if someone has a good profile, then, you know, you can go off of that. But typically I'm saying like, pick one, like what's your go-to Moscow mule or an old fashioned. And that kind of gets the conversation flowing to saying like, oh, like, well, how about like, do you know a good spot in town that you have a favorite old fashioned? Oh, really? Let's go there. Let's go grab a drink. But it doesn't work for everyone because not everyone drinks. And then some people don't know how to play along. <laughs> so um, I keep, keep in mind one like you are, you're also trying to filter out people. So when they mm -hmm. don't play along, that's like you're getting information about them potentially. You know, and that's not a ton, but I definitely wouldn't see that as rejection. That's the problem with dating apps is that it's it's like it's a rejection app, really, because <laughs> every time you swipe right on someone that you don't match with, even that is a mild rejection. It's subconscious a little bit, but there's a little disappointment. And then every time you match them and then you reach out to them and they don't write back, that feels like rejection. Or they write back and then the conversation stalls. That feels like rejection. None of this is in, in reality rejection. Because mm -hmm. what, what, what in reality what is happening is who the fuck knows? You know what I'm saying? Like they maybe they haven't been on the apps for a couple of days. Maybe they're going through it with their like fuck buddy or their situationship. Who knows why they got on the apps in the first place? Maybe they weren't in the right like headspace to date. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they have a lot of anxiety and reluctance. None of these things we're actually thinking about when we're not getting the validation we're hoping for when we're on dating apps. So like I think it's always a good reminder to just keep that in mind. That all being said, yeah, it makes it, the, the fact that you're asking a question amazing. But yeah, just like, just come up with a couple different ones. I also, one thing I like is like, send me, you have one YouTube video to send me to make a first impression of you, like, and just like see what they send. Cause I feel like the key is like trying to think of a question that's really open ended, but not too like putting someone on the spot where they could definitely like, I really like what Halloween costume are you most proud of? Because it's like you get a window into like their personality, what they think is funny, but it's also like they can think very clearly, like, what are the various yeah. Halloween costumes? So I feel like YouTube video is kind of fun because like everybody has mm -hmm. a YouTube video they play when like you're at that weird phase of the night where everyone's like going around putting on YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, in general, a lot of men like the combination of a, a little bit of like snark and sass. Like you don't want to don't tease them or criticize them, but like challenge them away. Like show like like Amanda said, like, hey, show me something that proves me something to you. You know, like. Put them on the spot a little bit. Like, don't be afraid mm -hmm. to like, you know, ask them a hot take sports question. Like, oh, or like, oh, you seem like a guy who thinks Notre Dame is an amazing football program. You know, I, and if you like Notre Dame, fine. Oh, but like, what, good. whatever it is. But like, Nick and I are about to fight. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's either like with Notre Dame, you're either like, it's like being a Yankees fan. You either hate them or you love them. So like, mm -hmm. it's, but it can get like a good conversation going. And yeah, so don't be afraid to like playfully tease about like things that like shouldn't hurt anyone's feelings. But yeah, I like uh, like Amanda's idea about sending me a, a video about like that. But just keep it conversational. Okay. Like, like oh, send me a YouTube video that will make me want to keep talking to you. Yeah. No, God. Love oh, that. that's a good line. That's a good make me want to keep talking to you. But they haven't talked at all. So I think it's fine. I had a visceral react. <laughs> you might, yeah, it, it definitely might get Allie and I have very different dating styles, so <laughs> grain of salt. <laughs> I think that's, listen, if you're the, if, if you think that kind of energy, if you like to have a playful, if you want to find a guy who can like have that type of like playful banter with, then that's okay. If that's not who you are, then I wouldn't do that. You know, if, if you don't like, if you're not trying to attract a sarcastic dick and i don't mean dick like a jerk but like you know who's an you want a nice guy who every once in a while can like throw a little sass your way that will catch that type of person it will also turn off someone who's more 
you know, sensitive and a little bit more, you know, not that person. So like mm -hmm. ask the type of questions for the people you want to attract. But I do think in general, most guys like it when you challenge them a little bit. But there's a difference between a little bit and, and being mean. Don't be mean. Yeah. Also, yeah. if you're looking for a question that's a little like potentially softer, you can, two things. You can do either the best gift you've ever received because then if they say something really thoughtful, that's always like very like a lovely window into them or like the gift you're most proud of like giving. I get that there's kind of a little bit risk there of not wanting to look like, what are you going to get me when we're dating? But like, I do think it is a really cool insight into sometimes like seeing the ways that people can be really thoughtful for like loved ones in their life. Yeah, I, I like thoughtful questions that anyone can like have a conversation about and to see their willingness to like even just talk, you know, just to have an opinion about something. I want, I would literally, I want to give a TED talk and it's just going to be this one sentence. Pick anything in their profile, any of their interests, and then say, Mary fuck, kill three opposite. So if they're like, I'm interested in space, be like, Mary fuck, kill Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn. Like any single thing that like they show a passion in, pick three of those things, say, Mary fuck, kill, and it will instantly start a conversation about like how they, why they feel the way they do about that. That's perfect. Love it. That's really good. Thank you. Was Thank that you as helpful? <laughs> very helpful. Very, very okay. helpful. Well, uh, give it a try. Let us know if we helped your dating life or ruined it uh, in the future. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. Uh, yeah, we'd love some updated notes on uh, on how that how this all works for you. But uh, yeah, also just keep take breaks when you need to take breaks. I think that's also really important when it comes to dating apps. They can like you're gonna get fatigued like anything else. It is a means to an end, and usually with things with a means to an ends, we have to like remember that like they can like have fatigue and wear us out. So like. You know, take a week off or something like that and yeah. come back, you know, refresh I've taken a, picture. a lot of breaks and have been on there in the last months to a year in the most non-intentional way. I want to change that, which is why I want to refresh it. Yeah. So maybe you come back a little bit more intentional mm -hmm. and then take breaks when you feel a little fatigued rather than being on forever. It sounds like for the past year, you've been on it as a time waster. Kind of like, yeah, I'll yeah, go on or whatevs. <laughs> and like, I don't really give a shit and I don't care. And I get it. I think we do that because, again, these these are like rejection apps in reality. And so it's the best way to try to protect yourself is to not care. Right. So just remember, you're not being rejected and then be a little more intentional. Take breaks when you need and update your stuff and let us know. Thank you so much. This is really All right. Helpful. Thanks so much. Good All luck. Right, good luck. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to send in your questions at asknick at castmedia.com. Cast with a K for all things Ask Nick, including texting office hours or Ask Nick questions. Remember, this is an anonymous thing. Uh, everyone who calls in gives us a fake name. If you have a very compelling question or story and you're just kind of afraid to come on because uh, of your identity, we hide everyone's identity. So we encourage you uh, to write in and tell us your juicy conflicts the juicier the better we love we love a good story uh it's what it's the heart of this of this show so please send in those questions vilefiles.com to order don't text your ex happy birthday and if nothing else we'll see you back on wednesday <laughs> <laughs>